Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Please be advised that Six Degrees of Reality TV contains explicit language. Welcome to Six Degrees of Reality TV, the podcast where two MFAs try to figure out what the hell is happening on our screen. My name is Amy, and I hold an MFA in creative nonfiction. And my name is Leslie, and I hold an MFA in creative writing fiction. And together, we are trying to uncover what it means to fall in love on reality TV. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Six Degrees of Reality TV. I'm your co-host, Amy. And I'm Leslie. Hi, Leslie. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited to talk about this week's show because it was epic. So a couple things happened, but before we get to that, I want to know, did you were you affected by the flooding? Actually, well, our subway system, I'm in New York City, were flooded. It was a mess. But fortunately, I live in Washington Heights, so it's further up. And we were good. There are yeah. some muddy parts, like near the park, because I live near a park and um, near the George Washington Bridge. So that part is very muddy and gross. But there weren't significant damage. It was mostly the subways that were just a nightmare. But yeah, good. we were yeah. good. How about you? We um we got five and a half inches of rain. So I'm in Northeast Pennsylvania, guys, in Scranton. So in the little upper corner of Pennsylvania. And we got, I think, five and a half or six inches of rain. It was a lot. And streets were flooded and trees fell down. And our pond was completely out of its banks. And it was kind of crazy. Like, a lot of things were closed and people took on. We didn't, but a lot of people took on water in their basements and a lot of flooding. So Do you have, like, animals? Like, wild animals or no? Yeah. You do? Yeah. I mean, we don't have them like there ours, but oh, okay. we have bear and deer and all of that around here. Oh, my God. Imagine one of those, like, a swimming bear or something. <laughs> I know. By. We have a beaver currently in our pond that is causing some trouble. So I'm I'm country. <laughs> <laughs> this is not Michael Scott's Granton. <laughs> no, not at all. Somebody, my coworker was walking downtown the other day, and he said a van pulled up and asked him, where is the office? Uh, and he's like, um, I don't know what you mean. And he's like, we drove from California. We're stopping to see the office. And my coworker's like, well, it's not really here. It's in California. Right. Like, <laughs> he's like, you could go, go see the Scranton sign that is in the opening credits, but yeah, that's kind of it. And then I realized like somebody should open up like an office bar and they would do really well here. Probably. Yeah, they should. They should do like a pop-up because they do the central park pop-up in New York city from time to time. Oh, there you go. Okay. That'd be cool. Yeah. All right. So I don't know if this is happening to you, but people I thought I liked, I hate on this show now and people I thought I hated. I'm starting to like, I listen, what is going on? 
I feel like the only couple that's going to survive now is Brett and Ryan. <laughs> Everybody else is going to be doomed. What is happening in a world where I am liking Ryan? Ugh. What is happening? I don't know. It's and like you dogs just, meeting. That was so cute. It's like when you have, when you're mediocre, mediocre looking and you have a bunch of ugly friends and then you're the automatic hot one of the group. Like, I feel like that's what's happening with Ryan. Like, yeah. all the other guys are just fucking up so badly, except for Zach. That yeah. Ryan is just looking good now. Yeah. Because he's just being a human being. Like, wow. Okay. Yeah, and those previews can be a little deceiving because when we saw the preview last week, Michaela losing her shit, we thought that it was like, oh, my God, he stepped out on her. He was out all night. Yeah. Uh, that's not what happened. Not what happened. <laughs> not what happened at all. All right, so today we're covering episode seven, Home, Not Alone. This is the episode, guys, where they have they are moving into their new apartments. So that's the premise of the uh, episode. So they're going to see each other's houses, and then they're going to move into their new apartment together, and then they're also um, talking with Pastor Cal. Yes, which you were probably excited about. Expert alert, expert alert, finally, finally. They need one of these. I'm thinking, here's how I'd revamp the show. Pastor Cal or Dr. Pepper or that other one, I forget her name, Viviana. Yeah. Somebody visits with them at the end of every episode. That would be good. To get like a feel of what's going on that week or whatever. Yes, and I feel like it would help. Uh, I'm not going to get into it. I'll talk about it later. Okay, so we're going to start with Mira Lynn Gill. So go ahead. So the couple's moving together, and let the shit show begin. So they've been married for about a week at the opening of the show. They had been honeymooning in geriatric Florida Keys and now they're back. <laughs> so, so they do this thing where they're, like, self-recording on the airplane, like, each couple. And then we see Bao snoring on the plane. The producers are so shady because... We do. They did her dirty because her snoring was intense. There were pig noises. It was pretty intense. Like, I'm wondering if she has sleep apnea or something. It could be. Because it's, yeah. it's really deep. And for you to fall asleep that deeply, like, I'm a little jealous because I barely sleep at all. Yeah. I don't sleep on planes, that's for sure. I'm more, as we've talked about, I'm more Brett on a plane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so all the couples have apartments in the same complex, apparently. And Pastor Cal says it's a neutral space for the couples to make their own. So that sounds like a good idea because I know in past seasons, everybody just moved into one of their places and there was always an issue. Like whose place are we going to move into? This is mine. I want to come to. Yeah. And what they did like on, they, they started to kind of figure out that this was causing an issue. So then one season they decide to give, give the couples a budget Mm -hmm. of like $5,000 and let them go look for a place on their own. And then eventually I think they got here, which seems to be working. Yeah, this is good. Yeah, and it's good because then the other couples are in there so they can always go downstairs and be like, yep. I hate my husband. Help me. Help me. Michaela's attacking the Clorox wipes. Help. <laughs> Help me hide the body. Okay. <laughs> so Gil carries Mirla over the threshold. And now Mirla immediately is like, this is corny. <laughs> but then she says, it's a sweet gesture. So it's like, this is the thing with her. Because she'll say one thing and then kind of take it, like, back it up. Like a few seconds later, she'll like take it yep. back a little bit. I think she's checking herself to try not to come off too bitchy. I think that's what that is. And I think that, like I said last week, like I think they just have this playful banter. I think she likes to kind of nudge at him a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so the apartment does get her stamp of approval because it meets Thank her God. standards. Thank mm-hmm. God. And the bed, though, looked a little cramped. 
like there were so many pillows, the bedding, and Gil is a giant dude. So He's when big. he jumps on the bed, the entire spread disappears. <laughs> I'm like, yes. Where does the bed yes. go? And, and he covered like corner to corner. He yeah. covers the whole length of the bed. And Mira is like, this bed is tiny. And it's supposed to be a queen size bed, but that does not look like a queen size bed. I'm sorry. Mm-mm. So later on, we go to Mirla's apartment. And Gil is expecting diamonds everywhere, tiaras, glitz and glamour. He wants to see how his princess lives, basically. Yep. And she has a king size bed. Yes. And I had instant FOMO. I was like, I need to be on that bed. That bed looks so cozy. It had like velvety bed spreading and oh yes. Oh, she's probably somebody who just does you know how you have people in your life who are just they know how to host a guest. Yes. Like Mirla is one of those people. Like you would go to her house and her guest bedroom would be amazing and you would feel like royalty. And the problem with that is that they'll be too comfortable and they'll never want to leave. So that's (laughs) a backfire. (laughs) So Gil is surveying the apartment and he notices that not only she has pictures on her wall of her travels, but they're mostly of herself in bikinis by the water. Very sports illustrated swimsuit edition. (laughs) She's doing yoga poses and her waterfalls. And I was like, you know what? I love the confidence in this because she's like, I have a banging bod and I'm going to show it. And she's into herself and there's nothing wrong with that. I loved it. You know what though? Like just to look at her, you don't see that. Yeah. And then you look at the picture. She's like, wow, like she is stunning. Like, she looks very pretty when you look at her, but she doesn't look... Like, I would not think that was the same person. I know. She was hiding a banging bottom. Yeah, she's very in shape. And I think that we saw a preview of that with her wedding dress, because it was, like, the way it was kind of sheer a little bit. So, yeah. But, okay, so then we go to the closet. And as you would expect, Louis Vuittons, Red Bottoms, Gucci, $800 pair of shoes... And she buys, she says, at least four pairs a year of the designer shoes. So I want to know, Amy, what is the most expensive shoe that you own? <laughs> okay, so you know I'm not a girly girl at all. <laughs> at all. Um, I was telling Leslie, this whole scene, I was completely confused and lost. I would say the most expensive pair of shoes I bought is probably like, I buy like, like a Clark's. Like, like nice, comfortable work shoe, probably 30 bucks. Oh, my God. <laughs> now I'm going to feel bad. Okay, so I think my most expensive shoe is actually a sneaker. is a Reebok Cardi B edition sneaker. And it's like mm. a red, really shiny um, sneaker that came out last year. Now she has like a newer pair, which is more expensive, but I didn't get that. And that sent me up back about 200 bucks. Um, okay. And that's I, not unreasonable. My kids are buying yeah. sneakers that are like $150. They're not, I haven't worn them yet. Like, I've worn them inside the house, but I haven't worn them outside. Like, I just, so the fact that I haven't worn them and they're not that expensive, I don't see myself wearing an $800 shoe because I would be terrified someone would step on me, that I would break the heel, that I would fall Well, especially in New York City where you are. Yeah. No, I wouldn't do it. You know, and I live in Washington Heights and there are a lot of guys up here who are sneakerheads. Like, you just see them constantly with these, like, brand new Jordans, these limited editions. These are all the shiny, yep. like, new sneakers that they have on. And I'm talking about, like, $400 pair of sneakers they're walking around in. Yep. And you do not want to experience what I've experienced, which is accidentally bump into one of them. Because the <laughs> best stairs you get, because how dare you 
Japanese <laughs> them in those expensive ass sneakers. Nice. It's, it's mm-hmm. awful. So my husband is very similar to me, and he buys like a pair of Converse every three years. <laughs> And the thing with me is, you know, the city is loud and I'm always like blasting music or a podcast or something. So I'm always like out of it. So mm-hmm. I'm always and I'm also super clumsy. So I'm always bumping into people. Yeah. So the fact that I bumped into so many of these guys and I do not learn my lesson because they keep I mean, one day I will get murdered and that will be why. <laughs> because I bumped into I stepped on some guys Jordans. Well, at least you're not going to get murdered for fighting on Facebook like I do. Oh, no. God. Someday I will be murdered. I'm confident. Uh, no. I would also be afraid that a Darcy situation would occur and you would be wearing these nice shoes out. Like say you had nice heels mm-hmm. and it would get caught in an escalator, a, an escalator subway situation and forget it. You're yeah, it would be awful. Anyway, yeah. so Gil tells the camera that now that they are married, Mirla is going to have to put the relationship before the designer stuff. So this is, you can already see this is starting to become an issue. So then later on, we go to Gil's place and Hype greets them at the door. So Mila immediately says, I was imagining Smaller Dog. <laughs> and Hype again, is really cute. He's, he's really so cute. cute. And again, yeah. the shady, shady producers pull her aside and is like, what's the dog's name? And she's like standing there like clueless, like, uh, uh. So then they show like flashbacks of Gil pretty much mentioning Hype like a million times to her and she's still kind of like not grasping the name until finally she's like oh yeah Hype it's Hype yeah I really there's they they keep trying to make us not like her but I like her I like I her I cannot it. stop liking her and I feel like like if you're going to dislike Mirla dislike her for the legitimate things like the mm-hmm. way she was with that dog I didn't love that no. No. Like, she wouldn't even let him sniff her hand. She would Like, I didn't love that. That's a legitimate concern. The other stuff is not legitimate. Like, she's just a confident woman. I like yeah. her. Yeah. And independent. And she's worked yep. hard, as she said. And she's proud of it. And she likes to just splurge. Mm-hmm. And as we will later learn when she talks to Pastor Cal about the spending habits, she's already saving. So why not spend? So, yeah, I have thoughts on that. And mm-hmm. I, you know. So Gil starts kissing hype. <laughs> and Mila is taking a bag. She's like, ugh. The fact him kissing the dog is going to push her further away from wanting to kiss him. Right. So then later on, Pastor Cal finally visits. So they're all smiles, and they're on the couch sitting next to each other. And their hands, if you notice, they're, like, on each other's legs. And they're, yep. like, sitting close They're very affectionate. Yep. They're very affectionate. And it was so interesting because it's like, this is someone who told us in the beginning she doesn't like to be touched. Yes. And that she needs her space and all these things. But yet they're physical. And Pastor yes. Cal brings that up. And then he just flat out asks, do you guys want to have sex? Because <laughs> he wanted to know if they had been intimate. They have not. So he's like, do you guys want to have sex? You know, yeah. of course, there's a long silence. But Mirla eventually says yes. You well, know, there's a long silence and a commercial break. And a commercial break. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But yeah, like, I we, need to know if they're boning. I need to know. Bring I mean, me I knew that they weren't going to be boning. Right. But what's interesting about this conversation is that they still have not kissed on the lips, and he Correct. brings and Gil brings that up. Yep. And ultimately, she says that she wants to be comfortable enough with him in order to get there, to be intimate in that level, to just even kiss him. And she says something that was interesting, which was, you know, a lot of people criticize her like, oh, but you're married, but you're doing this. But she says, I have to do what's comfortable for me. And I agree with that. She's super confident. She really is. I mean, she is somebody who is 
completely secure with herself. And we, as a, just as a viewing audience are not used to seeing that. Not at all. In, in a woman. We're because not used to seeing that. Usually would be like, what's the deal? Like you're married, just kiss each other. Yeah. But it's like she's not comfortable and that's legitimate. She doesn't yeah. need to kiss him. He is, they've been together for eight days. Like well, and she's like, I'm not going, like, it's not a contest. I'm not going to care about what the other couples are doing. This mm-hmm. is what's right for us. Exactly. And I respect her for voicing that because maybe other people have felt similar, but they give into the pressure or they just come off as being like bitchy or standoffish. But yeah. she's saying, no, this is the reason why. And you're not yes. changing my mind. And I like that. I respect that. About I liked her. it too. I liked but it then too. Gil says that if they make it all the way up to the decision day, Without even sharing a kiss, he's going to ask for divorce. Yep. Dun, dun, dun. Yep. He's a cut and run. I don't like that. Yeah. Like, no, don't throw down the ultimatum. Did you see Mirla's face? She's like, yeah. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That is not going to fly well. Not so happening. that's kind of where we leave them. Well, and I want to talk about the money for one yeah. second because I feel like. I feel like so we have two storylines and two women with a spending issue, right? Mm-hmm. We have Rachel, hashtag save Rachel, who wants to go to Europe. And then we have Mirla, who wants to shop. And Pastor Cal reacts differently to them. And I think it's because Mirla has a really good job and can afford it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I think the underlying issue that we're not getting to with Rachel is that she really can't afford it. Like yeah, the she's things that she's doing, she's putting on credit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's where it, because I'm like, why is he treating them so differently? I couldn't, and I, think I couldn't figure it out. When Mirla also, he did say, you know, not every spending spree needs a conversation, but you are married. So I guess if you spend over a thousand dollars, then that merits a like, hey, I'm going to spend on this rather than, oh, I just bought like a hundred dollar thing, hundred dollars well, worth of clothes or whatever. And Gil could not really articulate why he didn't want her to not spend anything like she's. All of her bills are paid. She's mm-hmm. taking care of stuff. She has a nice house. She's saving money. He couldn't articulate why. And I think it has a lot more to do with his insecurities that he doesn't earn as much as her. Yeah. I think that he then it does with her. less than her. I mean, he's a fireman. You right. But, that but that's, you know, when you go, I'm a teacher. My husband's a carpenter. When you go into things like that, when you go into teaching, you're not going to make a ton of money. That's what Rachel yeah. does. She's like a special education teacher, I think. You're just not going to make a ton of money because the reward is supposed to be intrinsic in the job, right? Yeah. So he's a fireman and that's admirable and he should be proud of that. And that doesn't have to come with a huge paycheck. I mean, it yeah. should, but it, it doesn't. It definitely should. But, it but Mirla is, she's a consultant, I think, like at um, a school board level. Mm-hmm. So she goes into different school districts and is a consultant for them. That's huge. That's good money. Whenever you're a consultant in education, that's good money. Yeah. So I think that he's, he just feels, cause we saw he's a little bit chauvinistic. Like oh, yeah, we saw definitely. with the, Oh, you're taking my last name, right? It's that like, Latino machismo thing. Yes. So we saw a little bit of that. So this fits right in with that. If she out earns him and outspends him, that's going to bother him. Yeah. That's, that's my hot take. I think so there. too. I agree. Okay. Um, all right. So we're going to talk about, Oh God, Rachel and Jose. I am hating him. I don't know why there's, there's must be some past trauma that I'm not dealing with or (laughs) processing in therapy that he just sets off in me. Uh, He just, he gives me dad vibes. He acts like her dad. He does. He wants to control every aspect of her life. 
But yep. and I get the idea of him being like, you have to be mindful of your spending, especially sure. you want to travel, but you don't have the funds. You're charging it. Like that's not really that wise. Maybe save sure. up to travel. Right. I get that, but he's kind of like, no, we're not doing that. Yes. Yep. Like that's what I do. I I get paid extra for classes that I teach outside of my load. Mm-hmm. So I will take on two extra classes a year and that money is our vacation money. There you know I mean? It's not a lot, but it's extra money that we don't have to. So she could do something like that. Yeah. I always do like that. I take like 150 bucks per paycheck and I put yep. it aside and that's my funny money. That's what yep. I do with whatever I want with it. Absolutely. Okay. So they're on the plane and Jose says he found a carbon copy of himself <laughs> and of course he would marry himself. So he's pretty happy. Oh God. Rachel okay so now they're in the apartment or they're they're somewhere I don't know where they are but they have this quick conversation about her saying that she's going to go to the gym at 5 a.m and she sets four alarms and I am going to say right now I'm on Jose's side in this this is so annoying I don't even like one alarm I always wake up right before my alarm goes off because I hate it that much so I never I, I have to have an alarm I sometimes hit snooze and it goes off twice but my husband will do these weird things. Like he has to leave at five. So his alarm goes or five 30. So his alarm goes off at five. He wakes right up, doesn't hit snooze at all. And is out the door. However, <laughs> however, on weeks that he is off or when he's laid off, he'll be like, I really think it's important to keep my schedule. So I'm going to keep setting that alarm for 5. AM. And since he knows he doesn't have to get up, he hits snooze like 18 times. I want to burn the house down. <laughs> that is the work of the devil. I think you're married yeah. to Satan. Yes. <laughs> All right. So Rachel shows up at Jose's house. All right. So it's a big house, but he's insufferable. He's like a kid showing off what he thinks is a mansion. I mean, it's okay, but it's nothing it's, great. Like it's, it's nice. something that you would find in a suburb subdivision. Mm-hmm. Right? Like just something average. I mean, it's okay. I mean, you could find that kind of house in Yonkers. It's not that big sure. Of a deal. Sure. It's very bland, has no character. Like it's very, you know, beige. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, he thinks it's fancy, Leslie, because it has, quote, interior lights. I mean, don't we all have interior lights? I have interior lights. I've had interior lights my whole life. <laughs> yeah. Like in an apartment, I have lights and doors. <laughs> Um, I wrote, okay, calm down, dude. So Rachel, and I'm starting to see this is pretty common with her. Like she has this look of terror on her face. Like something in her gut is telling her this is not right, but she's, she's pushing through it. Mm -hmm. So she's looking terrified and she tells the camera, she doesn't want to move into Jose's house. She wants it to be their space. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, now we round the corner and we're in some kind of kitchen and he literally tells her to go look at his budget board. <laughs> she looks horrified by that, as would I. She she not only looks horrified, she looks intimidated and that's exactly what he wanted. Yeah. And that is what bothers me about him. He constantly puts himself on a pedestal knowing that that will push her down. That's what he does to her. And... Yeah. So he knows that she's not great with money. Why would you be bragging? Oh, it bothered me. It really bothered me. You know what's so, funny? This week, a friend of mine posted a screenshot of her credit score on Facebook. Oh, and she no. made it to the 800s. She was like, for the oh, first no. time in my life, I'm in the 800s. And I was like, nope. I mean, that's nope. good, but I don't know how to feel about that anymore. <laughs> it's good, but that's something maybe you send to your mom and your sisters. 
It's not something you put on Facebook to, because there is an element of shame for other people with that. Yeah. Because I like thought if that, it I'm was, like, I'm not there. Right. Like, if it was, like, she had a baby or something, great. Or bought a house, great. But why does the world need to know your credit score? I don't know. I don't know. All right. So he tells her he needs to get her budgeting something like this, and he'll help her. Because he's like, you have something like this, too, right? And she's probably like... Well, I'm not tacky enough to put it up on a fucking wall where everybody can see it. Yeah. But yeah, I have something like this. So he's like, I'll help you. And I wrote hashtag save Rachel. (laughs) Rachel then takes Jose to her apartment. And he's like, I wrote, he's like a disapproving dad visiting his teenage daughter's college party path. (laughs) He's like, oh, okay. Um, This is nice. He's looking through a closet and says, well, this is a direct quote. Well, I can't be too mad. It's not overly crazy. Well, you can't be mad about anything, dude. What are you <laughs> mad about? That was a weird choice of words. But like a dad and a daughter, like he gets mad at her if she has, you know, whatever. Rachel has a desk and on this desk, she has pencils from around the world, like places she's been. And I thought that was really cool. I thought that was cute. I like that idea. I was like, oh, maybe I should start doing that. I like that idea, too. It was really cute. And I wrote, you know, she's collected these things. She's proud to show them off. And he's like, what are we going to do with these things for the next two years? Uh Uh-oh. Dad does not approve. Put them in a drawer if it bothers you. Yeah. Yeah. So later, Pastor Cal visits and Rachel says they have an immediate connection. And she's so happy to be with someone. And she's like, I can't Yes. You can see yourself yes. with someone. Like, and anybody. She, yep. Anybody. Anybody that loves me. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I can't wipe the smile off my face. And he's like, oh, Jose, you look like the Cheshire cat or whatever. Okay. So they're joking around and Pastor Cal says, this is one of these things that Pastor Cal likes to say. That's like a good old boy thing to say, which is, oh, you married up, my man. You know? Okay. Yeah. And Rachel immediately jumps in and she's like, oh, no, I'm the one who married up. See what I mean? It's like she can't even accept a compliment because she doesn't want him to feel emasculated. I think that's what that is. Yep. I wrote this is very concerning because he has made her feel very inadequate. Mm -hmm. And she has the type of personality by her own admission. She has the type of personality that is. is She dolls her shine. Yep. The other one can shine. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Very well said. So Pastor Cal asks if there's any areas of concern and Jose brings up the joint bank account. Oh gosh. (laughs) And Jose starts ragging on her car and how she wants to go to Europe. Mm -hmm. And then I wrote Leslie, like he brags about how much money he has and how successful he is. What is the point of him having all this money? If he can't do a trip to Europe, like he didn't pay for a wedding. Yeah. So why not take her on a nice honeymoon to Europe? And then you don't have to do it again for a couple of years. Exactly. I think, I don't know what his game is. I think that he's one of those people that he's so scared of not losing money because he probably had to work really hard to get where he's sure, at. Sure, sure. he is just like, no, we got to keep squirreling away, squirreling away, squirreling away. And he'll never enjoy it. And that sucks. Like, who is yep. this money for? Your kids? Yep. And I, I know people like this. This hits kind of close mm-hmm. to home for me. And... I feel when I look at Rachel that she knows that a trip to Europe is never going to happen because the money will never be there. There'll never be enough, according to him. And she mm-hmm. knows that. She knows it. Yep. And once they have it. kids, that's it. Game over. She, like, when is it 
when is there ever going to be enough money for him to say, okay, we could go to Europe. There will never be. Yeah. There'll never be. Cause he's always like, there's, he's chasing something, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. And he's never going to find it. So pastor Cal tells Jose, he's thinking too much. You know, he's too smart because he's the guy. So Jose is the science and Rachel is the art. And you cannot snuff out her real stuff or her real self. I'm sorry. She will bring fun into your life. And Pastor Cal says planning is only for the, his planning is only for the best. And you guys need to learn to balance this. Okay. Not bad advice, Pastor Cal. Mm -hmm. No, I think he was pretty good this overall in this episode. Yeah, he was pretty good. So Pastor Cal wants to know if they've consummated the marriage. Have you guys He's been all intimate? Up in people's business. He's all up. Like, I wonder if he gets all these stories. Oh, never mind. I was going to say something gross. Do it. Do it. <laughs> like, if he gets all these stories and puts them in his spank bank. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> so, overall, Pastor Cal is pretty happy with the progress they've made. Oh, they say that they banged. And I didn't think that they did because Wait, last episode did? they were talking about not doing it. See, yeah. I was confused by that. Did they? Because it was, huh? Yeah. He said, were you guys intimate? And Jose like kind of smiled and said, of course. And she said, yeah, we have been. Oh, okay. Because I yeah. probably missed that. Because I'm thinking like they haven't banged because they right, were intimate in made, the sense of touching. And- right. But she made like a big deal about it last time. Like we have That's to bang true. soon. But okay, I guess they did. So overall, he's happy with their progress and he gives them a gold star. Hmm. So you know who doesn't get a gold star? Johnny and Bao. Oh, Lord. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Buckle up. So <laughs> the Bao and Johnny are into their new apartment, the one that they're provided with, and Bao isn't crazy about the kitchen. There's no ice machine. How can you live without an ice machine? <laughs> <laughs> so Johnny said something very telling. Um, in Bao's kitchen inspection, he says, I think it's nice, but she definitely sucks out the fun out of things. Yeah. And red flags just flew up. Yep. He's basically saying, my wife complains a lot and it's no fun. Yeah. That's- and Gil's over here like, really, dude? Really? Have you met my wife? <laughs> <laughs> so they get into the bed and they start discussing apprehensions with living together. And Johnny immediately brings up the showering. Shower gates once again. Okay, I want to say something about this real quick. I listened real close Mm -hmm. to the words being used to try to get the context. And what I'm hearing is I think Johnny wants her to shower every night before they go to bed regardless. Yes, that's pretty much what it is. Bao says she's not showering before bed, basically. Right. So the audience thinks that he just wants her to shower after she's been to the gym before Mm -hmm. bed. So they're like team Johnny on this, but that's not what he's asking. He's asking her to shower every night. Every night, basically. It's like, you know, you have a, you know, you spend your day in your own filth, shower it off and then get into bed. Basically is what he's saying. It's kind of the whole idea of like, don't wear your outside clothes into the bed kind of thing. So he just wants her to shower. So Johnny starts to worry that they're going to end up arguing. And during dinner, he announces he's going home because he needs a break. Wow. Can I go home and get a break about my life? I'm like, how? We just started living together. What is going on? We're on like, what, day eight of marriage? And Johnny's tapping out. And this is their first night, you know, living together. This is their first night when they're not in their honeymoon, when they're not in a controlled environment. They pretty much have free will. And he was like, bye. 
Yeah. And so he says that, um, so Bao is worried. She's not, that he's not really committed because he just got back from the honeymoon and he's ready to duck and run, as she says, you know? Who would have thought that he would be the big player? You know, I He's a total that, player. I thought that she would be the one that would be so rigid and wouldn't want to give in and he's trying to pull her out of her comfort zone and so they're clashing in that way mm-hmm. and trying to make her watch sports. So she's angry, but it's not. <laughs> No, he's, he's like, we all thought coming into this that it would be Ryan mm-hmm. who, you know, calls himself a player, whatever. But it's Johnny. Mm-hmm. It's definitely Johnny. So she brings up a valid point when she says she's worried that anytime there's a disagreement, she fears he's going to walk out of their home that they've created. And it's a legit concern because yeah, that's what he's showing he her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they just end up eating in awkward silence and agree to spend time <laughs> apart. I'm just like, what is going on mm-hmm. so then when we come back from the commercial break we see that johnny spent the night at his own place you know he does the little self-record thing and bow is starting to question johnny's emotional maturity which i think it's legit you know she thinks yeah. he has potential and it, and really wants things to work between them but she's not sure of his commitment level no and she is so mature and emotionally intelligent that she just it just highlights his lacking in those areas. Yeah. Cause she's really, she's I mean, she is so emotionally mature, I think. So just the, the fact that day, she sat there yeah. and he said this to her and she just took it and didn't react. Yeah, Michaela would have tossed the salad <laughs> in his face or something. <laughs> or the or Clorox something. wipes. The Clorox wipes. <laughs> <laughs> so the next day Johnny shows up with Thai food. So he's trying to smooth things over. He says that. The part-time was necessary. He was able to reassess the situation and now has a fresh perspective. Okay, sure, Bob. Sure. So Johnny admits he might have overreacted and says something that seems super important maybe isn't that big of a deal. So, okay. So, you know, Val brings up a great point that this is an experiment, you know, the whole marrying at first sight. Sure. And it accelerates everything. So the experiences come up a lot sooner. And so problems pop up even faster at a faster speed. So they have, yeah. and everything is more intense. So that's why things are happening so fast. So Johnny wants to trust the experts in hopes that there are deeper reasons why they were matched. So they get ready for bed. They smooch. <laughs> and they, like, that was kind of an intimate kiss. Yeah, it was. They smooched. Yeah, yeah. it was like real. Mm-hmm. Which later, you know, we find out he kisses her like a friend. But yeah, it's weird. So then the next day, Johnny visits Bao's apartment. And he wants to get a sense of who she is. So her bathroom has a bidet. Yep. And baby wipes. And toilet paper. So at least yep. you know, in the words of Ji-hoon from 90 Day Fiance, her anal is very clean. Her family Bao's anal is very clean. <laughs> <laughs> so overall, Johnny likes her home. It's clean and he can picture himself living there. So I was like, okay, so this is good. They then go to Johnny's bachelor pad, which is super dude centric. And it yep. also has a bidet. So yes. high five on that. Another clean anal. <laughs> <laughs> and then somehow they end up having a lightsaber fight. So super dorky yes. and cute. Yeah. So then finally, we get to the point where Pastor Kyle visits and they talk about, so Bao talks about being a needy bookworm that was not on Johnny's radar and had a crush on him. 
So already she's like putting herself down a little bit. Yeah. And yep. making him out to be like this hot guy, hot shot, that she's so lucky she got paired with him kind of thing. And it's, it's interesting. It's interesting that she knew him from before and had always categorized him as a player. Yeah. So like it, he's he's living up to that. A hundred percent. Because in my mind, when we first saw him, I was like, he's just a nerd. Like, he's right. picky. Why is he being picky? Right. He's a nerd. And he just wants clingy girls. Uh, I don't know. It mm-hmm. was just a little weird. Um, so they discuss their challenges and how deep the conversations have been. And the snoring comes up. Yeah. And Bao says it makes her feel unattractive. And that's why she's so sensitive to it being brought up. And that Bao has to initiate physical touch which was surprising because again yeah she was the one like don't touch me kind of thing and standoffish at first yes. but that's when you could tell she really likes johnny and she's letting she her guard down for him and so she initiates the touch but then again now we find out johnny's not really reciprocating and pastor right. cal asks, like is he attracted to her and then a long pause and, and a commercial, a commercial. <laughs> 
So, of course, she feels unattractive. So, she's like, and Johnny visibly feels like he just put his foot in his mouth. So, then there's, like, a giant vein on his neck that's, like, about to burst <laughs> because he wants to say something and he wants to take it back and he can't. Yeah, he can't. And uh, I like what Pastor Kyle says. Like, she is not a child. She is a grown woman in every sense. And that's yes. when he starts squirming. He's like, oh, yes. no. And she's way more mature than he is. Like she's more of an adult than he is because an adult cuts and runs. Mm -hmm. Or I mean, I'm sorry, a child child. cuts and runs An Mm -hmm. adult stays. And that's what Bao does. Bao will stay and she'll make this work. And I just immediately just saw him running out of the apartment and leaning like a Johnny shaped hole in the door. Like Like the Kool-Aid man. Yeah. (laughs) So he just says that, you know, this is, Johnny issue, not a bow issue, and that he challenges Johnny to be more giddy and to be more childlike. And oh, I don't know how that's gonna be. Yeah. So it's not good. That's kind of where we leave them. They're kind of like, okay, he's not attracted to her, and let's see what happens next time. Yeah, and I I don't know what you do with that. Like, what do you do with that? That would be so hurtful to me that I don't know if I could come back from that. I don't either. And I feel like Pastor Cal and Johnny should have had that conversation not in front of her. Yeah. Because I'm all about much. honesty, but I also believe a lot of times you can't put the genie back in the bottle, right? And yeah. now this is out there and Bao knows it and she'll never be able to be herself again. She's going to question everything she does. Like, oh, is this annoying him? Is this, yeah. is he not like this about me? Yeah. They, they should do, um, again, Amy's telling the experts how to do their jobs and I'm totally unqualified, (laughs) but they should do like a check-in with the partner separately in the beginning to just kind of know what's working, what's not. And then he could have talked to Bao and maybe some way implied to her, you know what I mean? That there was an issue here. But like, you know, instead of humiliating this poor woman on television, like like Johnny keeps doing. He could have told her like, you know, I think that Johnny responds better when you're more, in your regular speed, like more mature speed. He's, yes. he's not really into the cutesy stuff, you know? Yes. Kind of, is it, yes. He's not into that kind of stuff. Yeah. And we could have spared her the humiliation. Yeah. Yeah. That, ooh, yeah. that was awful. Okay. Now we're heading over to mashed potato, Ryan, and Brett. God, I don't know what is happening, but all of a sudden I'm liking Ryan. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. I think that they're going to work out. I just like him mm-hmm. and I like her and I think, okay, I'm going to say this. I've said it before. Like I've implied it, but I'm just going to come around and say it now. It reminds me of me and my husband because he's very much like Ryan in that he's grown up in the country. He, you know, does all that kind of stuff. He's not into like line dancing and all of that stuff, but or killing he's, bears. right. But he's also like very well traveled. My husband, like he's traveled the world and he's done all these things. And I'm like the complete opposite. And I'm always feeling like I'm, I don't know if I'll fit into that world. And you know what I mean? So like, I, I just get their vibe. I don't know why. So maybe that's why I like them so much is I just kind of like their vibe together. So, so first you were hating him because he reminded you hating of your husband. Him. Hating him. I was hating him. <laughs> no. <laughs> you need to examine that. <laughs> I was hating him because. Why is he calling himself a reformed serial dater? See, that was the thing for me because it came off like this is this boring dude and he's claiming that he yes. is like this player. And it's like, how? No, no, it was showing it. You know what it was? It was false advertising. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's actually kind of sweet. 
And I'm not saying he doesn't, he's not a douchebag. We don't know yet, but Mm -hmm. I may, you know, come to eat those words. But right now I see him outshining at least two of the other men. Yeah. Okay. So Ryan goes to Brett's house. Oh, there was a better plane ride this time. No duct tape needed. (laughs) Yeah. So Ryan goes to Brett's home to see where she's been living and to help her pack up. And he's stunned by the books and artwork in her home. He's like, (laughs) wait, you have books? And artwork. <laughs> so he's like, no, I like it. I like it. And I probably need, he does say, I probably need some color in my life mm-hmm. and she will bring it. I, I really like her, but that's an yeah. aside. So now we have hero of the episode, Baxter, her dog. <laughs> <laughs> so Ryan meets Brett's dog, Baxter. And Ryan, this is another thing I like about him. He's very dry in his sense of humor and he makes an office reference. He's saying Baxter's doing parkour, parkour. He keeps yelling yeah. it as Baxter's <laughs> rolling around. So Ryan tells the camera he likes Baxter and is really surprised that he has high energy for an older dog. And he's happy for that. Yeah. Okay. And he like took to him immediately. Like he was in his arms and everything. Yes. My I dog mean, would not do that. <laughs> but like, how can you hate somebody who's like that with the dog? Oh, no. You know what I mean? Instant. Like, because dogs generally know, because I dated like this yes. really douchey comic, and yeah. my dog just. A douchey comic? Just like, just, yeah. Ugh, the sound of his voice just made Your him dog is pretty great, too. Is he a Chihuahua? Yeah, he's a Chihuahua mix. So, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's kind pretty great. Crazy. Mm-hmm. So Ryan says he hasn't lived with a significant other for 15 years, so it will be an adjustment. And I wrote, 15 years? Isn't he like only 30-something? Would he move in with somebody who was 16? I know. I don't know what was going on there. All right, so now... His mother doesn't count, though. (laughs) So now Brett is at Ryan's, and she's meeting his dog, Maisie. So they bring the dogs outside. Brett's like, you need to bring the dogs outside where they're in a neutral space. She lets Baxter out. The dogs meet... Baxter starts attacking Maisie immediately. <laughs> and mind you, Baxter is tiny. It's like a fraction <laughs> of the size of me. I just love Baxter so much. Like, of course, Brett has a crazy, angry old dog. I love it. The thing that kind of annoys me, though, is that they're like, we're going to put him back in the car. And then I'm like, wait, you're leaving the dog in the car? <laughs> I know. I know. So um, Brett and Ryan head to Ryan's house. Now, his house is decent. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's it's okay. I mean, it definitely needs color and oh yeah, it's character. very bland. It's very like beige. Yes. Um. So it's cold. It's bland. And I I wrote. I actually kind of think though it's nicer than Jose's a little bit. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. So then they go upstairs, and he has a deer head in the bedroom. <laughs> My dog is a Chihuahua, but he looks like a deer. So that was like Aww. traumatizing to me. Um, yeah, no, no mounts in my house. Nope. Nope. So Brett is not a fan, but Ryan does say like, oh, I'm not attached to it. I could put it in the garage or in the basement. Cause you know, he's totally somebody who would have a man cave. Oh, so he could put it in his man cave and be happy. Yep. So he is amenable to those kinds of things. Like he's not like, oh, whoa, you don't like my dear head. It's part of who I am. Yeah. He's not like that, which is what I thought he was going to be like. Me too. In the beginning, but he's actually pretty sweet. All right. So Pastor Cal comes to visit and he thinks Brett and Ryan look good together. They're Mm -hmm. sitting close. They're touching. 
Ryan tells Pastor Cal, Brett is one of the coolest girls he's ever met. And he's like, I could totally hang out with this girl. And we have really good banter and we just get each other. And Brett starts blushing immediately. She says, Ryan has a dry sense of humor. And he does, because I forgot to mention this. They were laying in bed at some point and they were talking about the dogs meeting each other. And she said, you know, um, Maisley and Baxter. And she was talking about them. And she goes, what are we going to do if they don't get along? And he goes, well, Baxter's lived a good life. (laughs) I thought that was pretty funny. I was like, no. (laughs) So she says, like, she likes his sense of humor. But he also, like, is very kind and caring. And he takes care of the people around him. And she said, I know I don't really know him very long. But I already trust him. And I'm like, oh, I feel like that's going to come back to bite you. I don't know why I just do. Yeah, I don't trust mm-hmm. him because of the manatee incident. But, but that's me. the manatee incident. But I'm Gen X and I don't trust anyone. Like our motto is trust no one. So, yeah. you know, whatever. All right. So they talk a little bit about the deer head. And Ryan, you know, says he's worried that she doesn't love doing the outdoorsy stuff. But he does seem to, like, be okay with that. Yeah. Like, he's like, okay, she doesn't like doing the outdoorsy stuff, but... You know, I, I'm sure I could get her to do some of it, and there's some of it we don't have to do. I'm sure she'll be okay with line dancing. Like, she'll give in. She'll choose that over hunting any day, I think. Yeah. I would, too. Yeah, I mean, hunting, in my opinion, is kind of like a moral decision. Like, if yeah. you don't want to hunt, you should never make somebody hunt that doesn't want no, to. Never. No, I'm um, a vegetarian. I would never do that. Right, but, like, going to a really fun bar and line dancing, Yeah, I'm sure. Fine. I'm sure Brett would like doing that. So she's telling the camera, Brett's telling the camera, like, she doesn't really fit in with the line dancing and the hunting and all of this. But she says, at the end of the day, those things don't really matter. She's kind of right. You know, maybe they could bring each other out of their comfort zone. Like, maybe she could bring him to some art museums and he would really like that. You know what I mean? Like, they need to kind of balance each other out. Then we have the obligatory, are you happy with your level of intimacy? Dun, dun, dun. Commercial break. (laughs) (laughs) They say that they both are, and Brett reveals that she has a crush on Ryan, and she there must have been something said in between there, because then she said, I'm sorry if I don't express that as much as I should. So he must have said, like, oh, I didn't know how you were feeling or yeah. you know, something. So Ryan says he's, quote, in like, but mm-hmm. he does see them getting past that. And before you come for him for being a douchebag, he didn't say the in like. That was Pastor Cal, I think. Yeah. Who said, are you in like? Okay. So Pastor Cal asks Ryan, like, what does it mean to love someone? And does he feel that way about Brett? And Ryan says, love means caring for someone more than you care for yourself. And he doesn't feel that way about Brett yet, but he sees that in their future. And overall, Pastor Cal's happy with their progress, and they get a gold star. Yay. But you know who doesn't get a gold star? (laughs) That's my oh, transition lordy. for couple. <laughs> lordy, lordy. Guys, Leslie, Leslie is really taking on a lot of this because you have like the nightmare couples. Oh, but I love it. Every minute of it. I you do. Pa- it takes me forever to watch these episodes, full disclosure, because I'm pausing because there's always something going on where I'm just like, he just said that. She just did this. Oh my yep. God. The face. Oh. Yep. What I started doing is watching it once all the way through. And then, and then watching it and taking mm-hmm. notes. Yeah. Yeah. So what I do is I do the opposite. I just take notes and then I watch it again. If I miss anything. I'm oh, like, that's oh. a good idea. That's yeah. a good idea. Yeah. Maybe so, I'll adapt that way. That seems more efficient. <laughs> Zach and Michaela. Zach and so Michaela. when we start the episode, Zach is excited to leave Florida to get back to mm-hmm. Michaela. Mm-hmm. 
while she's packing up her single life to move into their new apartment. So Zach has told Michaela that he still has COVID. So even though he's negative, and he just wants to surprise her so that the reunion is sweet and everything. So he shows up with roses, and it's really sweet. She's like, oh, my God, and they freak out, and they hug, and they're so excited to be reunited. And you're just like, oh, things can never go wrong. I have a question for you about this COVID. Is it me, or does Michaela seem pissed off at him that he got COVID? She's definitely mad that he got COVID. Like, yeah, how like, dare but he? at him, right? During our honeymoon, you get COVID. Yes, you're my husband. You're like, that protect me. That's red flag number one. And now that I think back to it, maybe that's what the other wives were talking about when they were saying, like, it's weird that she went to Texas. Maybe like, she was pissed. Like, yeah. shouldn't she have been more concerned about him? Mm-hmm. I think is what they were getting at. And I think he got COVID through a friend, right? Like, his friend had tested positive or something. I guess, yeah. Ugh, well, she was not happy about no. COVID. <laughs> no, and that's really shitty. Like, if my husband got COVID, I'd be super worried about him. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be very, very upset. Yeah. You know, at the situation, not at him. Sure. So their dogs meet. They both have dogs, which I was like, yay. And the dogs get along. They're cute. They're cute dogs. Like, They're both they big dogs. Wrestling. Yeah. So I think yep. that that helps because with the other, with Baxter and Macy, it's just Baxter's so tiny and they have a tiny dog complex where they start fighting the big dog. Oh, wait. These, is it is it Macy or Maisley? I think it's Macy. Oh, sorry, guys, if I've been saying that wrong. I'll have it right next time. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, but I think because there's similar sizes, they, they were just playing with each other, like playfully biting. It was, it was really cute. They were cute. So they move into their new house and they start talking about their habits. <laughs> and Zach asks if she's the type of person who gets angry and leaves and storms off. And Michaela says, no, that's a form of abandonment and emotionally abusive. She does not do that. Put a pin in that, guys. Put a pin in that. Yep. (laughs) We then fast forward to another day, and Zach is seen leaving the apartment through the cameras. An hour later, Michaela wakes up, no text, no call, no message from Zach, and she's pissed. And that's when she tosses the Clorox bottle, that poor (laughs) Clorox wipe. What did it do to you? And this is like in COVID. Do you know how many people could have used those Clorox wipes? Uh, Me? You know how hard... (laughs) How much money you had to pay to get it from like a third vendor from Walmart? Yeah, just to get like a little tiny pack. Oh my god, yes, yep. So (laughs) time passes by, and they're back at the apartment because they're waiting for Pastor Cal. So that's the only reason why they got back together because she was pissed. (laughs) She is angry. So. In the preview, you're thinking, because you see a clip where she's like, it was 9.15, you did not call, blah, blah, blah. So you're thinking, he left in the middle of the night, then it shows up the next morning. But this is what happens. Apparently, he fell asleep with his dog in another room and just didn't go to bed because he just fell asleep. When he woke up, it was 7 a.m., I had to take my dog to doggy daycare. So he goes and takes his dog. She wakes up, he's gone, she loses her mind. Yeah, that's it. That's all that was. Now, let me say, do you want me to reveal what he said on Unfiltered Now or later? No, tell me, tell me, tell me. Okay. So Zach defends himself. Here's what he said. He did indeed. So he claims that she knew the night before that he had to take the dog to daycare in the morning. Okay. He claims that at the same dinner where he told her he'd be taking the dog to daycare, she also, they got to talking about like sleeping habits. And she also said she 
really like violently hates being woken up. Like don't ever wake me up for anything. So he gets up at seven in the morning and he just doesn't wake her up and does what he says he's going to do and take the dog. He said she texted him about an hour later and said, did you, are you at the doggy daycare? Did you take the dog to daycare or whatever? He replied, yes. And that was it. He said he didn't hear anything else. So he didn't think it was a big deal. See, if that is the case, then Mm -hmm. that's why I would side with him. I'd be like, what's the big deal? Yeah. 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 So it's funny because Zach asked her, so is that why you left today? And then he, and then she says, yes. And then he goes, it's funny because we discussed how you would handle this exact situation. Uh huh. And you did what you said you would never do. It's a form of abandonment and abuse. Yep. And of course she's like, she doesn't find it funny. <laughs> and he is, do you get the vibe that and we could be eating these words next episode, but I get the vibe that he is emotionally mature. I think so. I I feel like he wanted, because he wanted to get married from a young age. He knew what Mm -hmm. he wanted. He Mm -hmm. had these thoughts and his views and things like that. And Michaela seems to be a little less, she's more of a party girl because you could see like when the bachelorette party, she was just about having a good time and she's like more like live free kind of thing. And he seems to be a little more structured than she is. But when you take anything out of place that she is uncomfortable with, she blows up. Yeah. And he is, he's like super sensitive. Like we've seen him crying Mm -hmm. before the wedding. And I think he's kind of like an old soul, you know, and he probably feels like women of his own age do not understand him. And she's a little older and he thought, oh, this will work. And yeah. Because he did say at one point that he usually dates older women. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. He would be great with Bao. He would. Oh, they were just so cute. So, okay. So they're going back and forth about this argument about you left. It was 9.15 and I came back and you were in here. And he's like, no, that's not. And then knock, knock, saved by the door knock. It's past the cow. <laughs> so the tension is just palpable. Oh, they're my God. Far apart on the couch. They're, she is shooting daggers at him. She is squinting. Like anything he says, she is just giving him a stank eye. And Patrick's it's like, Wait, what's going on here? And, you know, and they start talking about like, well, we kind of had a disagreement before you got here and they're explaining it. And Michaela starts crying and she says she wants to trust him, but is nervous to let her guard down. And Zach inches over on the couch and she recoils and Zach backs off. Mm-hmm. So Pastor Kyle checks Michaela and is like, no, no, this is BS. You want him to comfort you. So let him comfort you. And then yeah. she admits that she, she does. But then he's like, so why are you pulling away? So the problem is for Zach that the moment has passed. And he's like, no, no, no. This is what you do. You push through in a marriage. You talk things out. You work through it. You don't just give up. Yeah, so, Zach is pissed. I mean, he keeps he saying pissed. stuff like, do you see what I'm dealing with here? Like, I'm done with this. Like, I think he is. And he, I, at some point he says, you know, I've dealt with this behavior before and mm-hmm. I don't like it. Like, he's very turned off by this behavior. Yeah. And Pastor Kyle tells her, let him be there for you. So then what we turn, what we find out is that in Zach's leaving, she felt abandoned, kind of like when her dad left in terms of, you know, he was murdered. So he left her. And so she's missing that male protective figure. So when she woke up and she was alone, she felt exposed, I guess. And she she felt alone and she was scared. And so she, there's a part of her that, 
wants him to be there for her, but she doesn't want to burden him. And he's saying, you're not burdening me, you know? And that's kind of what is, there's like a, a conflict within herself where it's like, she wants to let him be there for her, but then she's like, I don't want to seem needy. Like, I don't. Yeah. She's know, terrified. She's, yeah. She's pushing back and forth. I like it. So yeah. it's a lot of internal conflict that she's dealing mm-hmm. with. Cause she's mm-hmm. like, this is not your responsibility. And he's like, well, I'm your husband. I'm trying to take this on because I, I love you, you know, potentially. Yeah. You know, we're supposed to be was together. Was her father murdered? I think it was, uh, yeah, killed by a drunk driver. So it was right. like a car accident. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay, Mirla's the one with the murder. The murder, murder. And and Gil, too. The dad is, like, shot or something. Oh, right. Okay. Wow. All right. Yeah. So her dad left her, in a sense. But, you know. Yeah. And, you know, she did say, he's never coming back. And it's like, well, I am, you know. So it was kind of sad. But It uh, was sad. And a lot of people online were saying, like, oh, how convenient. Like, this is about her dead father. No, this is true, guys. Like, this is a trauma response. This is what happens. You don't trust people. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think about them? You know, I really wanted them to work because they have good chemistry, but now that I'm seeing them in action, at first with the whole argument thing, I was like, oh, they're not going to work. They're awful. But then with the whole father thing, realizing that I'm like, okay, so she needs to work on herself a little more before this could work. Cause I feel like he's there already in terms of being committed and married. Whereas she yeah. thinks she's there. She wants it, but yeah. she still has to work on herself before she could be a good partner to him. Do you think she would have been better matched with a Gil or a Josue like, or a Jose, like somebody who's looking for like, who could be more of a strong man, quote unquote. I'm not saying that detrimentally to Zach at mm-hmm. all. I mean, Zach is more my type of man personally. Yeah. But like a machismo, do you know what I mean? Like I feel kind like of- with Gil, she would have felt protected. Because one, he's a fireman, and that's yeah. what he does. He saves lives. She would have felt like, oh, he's saving me. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. Jose just would have daddied her to death. Oh, oh, maybe she needs that. Who knows? I don't think she, I don't think anybody needs that. No, Jose. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, man. He's so annoying. Oh, he's just the worst. Like, dude, I want to say to him, like, you should be proud of what you've accomplished, but mm-hmm. like, let that speak for itself. Yeah. You don't need to lord it over people. I you've accomplished a lot. Yes, yeah. exactly. He's clearly overcompensating for something. Yeah. It drives me crazy. Drives Big me crazy. budget energy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I have next time on. You ready? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Next time on. The couples party with their friends and family. Rachel expresses her concern. <laughs> Rachel expresses her concerns to an old lady in her bed. I don't know who that is. Yeah, I don't know who that is. (laughs) There's some older lady in Rachel's bed. So she expresses her concerns to this woman. And the woman says, you need to make sure Jose is not controlling things 110%. Um, He is. Mm -hmm. Okay. Gil calls Mirla extra. And she doesn't seem too happy about it. First of all, she doesn't know what it means. He's like, I'm going to get you an urban dictionary. Yep. Yep. Johnny says something terrible to Bao once again, and we see Bao crying to, or we see Johnny crying to Jose. He's really yeah. sobbing into Jose's like shoulder. Yeah, well, they should be together. They should be. They would be <laughs> the dream couple. And um, Johnny tells the camera like, "Now I'm beep because she's beep." So I don't know what's happening there. Yeah, I don't know. And I tried he's crying, so I can't even understand him. I tried ten times to see what was. I, I think he says, "Now she's pissed." Mm-hmm. because I'm, but he didn't say like, 
an asshole. And it wasn't two words, so it wasn't like because I'm a fucking dick. Or fucked up or yeah. Yeah, it was weird. Okay. So then finally Zach tells Michaela he feels terrible. And Michaela's like, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So that's basically it. they hate each other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So at this point, I feel like you're right. I feel like the respite that we're getting is Brett and Ryan. Mm-hmm. Mirla and Gil aren't doing too bad either. I think that the kiss thing, the fact that he said that he would ask for divorce, that was the thing that was like, ugh, that's not going to be good for her because she's going to feel like you're trying to pressure me and that's not cool. And she's going to, you know, that's going to push her back. Correct. And I want to say something else too. On Unfiltered, they did this weird thing where they tried to tie in a promo for Megan and Harry escaping the royal family. Oh, I can't wait to see it's a Monday, right? I, I can't wait to see it either. And I love Megan and Harry. And I'm I all love, into that story. I've seen all of the royal movies that they've yes. done. Yes. They're awful. But I so I, I'm so into this. However, it's super awkward for Jamie Otis to be like, okay, guys, now we're going to talk about another love story. And that is of Megan and Harry. And you had Gil and Johnny and Zach. And they were just... <laughs> They were just basically like, we can give a shit about this. Like, what are you talking about? And she made them talk about Megan and Harry for like eight minutes. Jesus Christ. It was really dumb. Lifetime, don't do that again. Just don't oh, do I it. Think just run, it run a tomorrow. fucking banner. Run a fucking banner on the bottom of the screen. Yeah. We don't need this integrated promotion unless it's natural. No. Like, if they were promoting, like, um, a matchmaking service. Mm-hmm. Okay. That I can see. Or, you know, they were promoting a honeymoon escape in the Keys. And they mm-hmm. would not ask Mirla to be in that commercial. But whatever. But to have them talking about Megan and Harry was just super awkward. It was really weird. And maybe maybe Mirla would be somebody who could have a good conversation about that. Like, she strikes me as somebody who would follow the royal family. But, yeah. like, these guys clearly didn't know. Like, they were clearly given talking points. It was so weird was so weird um all right so any other thoughts before we leave you know i'm just looking forward to next week and see if um ryan falls off of our pedestal that we put him on (laughs) oh god oh god what has happened to us and i have to say that i like gil too i do like gil and i do get his concern because if you are with someone and it's like a time thing because they do have three months sure and it's like you don't know if you're physically attracted like you don't know if your person is attracted to you physically because yeah they hold your hand but they won't kiss you i would be like well maybe we don't deserve to be together because maybe you're not that into me so i get that but i also get her sideways like don't rush her well and i'm conflicted and jamie otis on unfiltered did say to gil because they were talking about it she was saying so Gil was saying that she shows affection in other ways and he doesn't want to push her. And Jamie Otis did say, I always want to say Jamie Lee Otis. I don't know why. (laughs) It just sounds like Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm -hmm. So Jamie Lee Otis says the best thing that you could do to build attraction is to give her her space. And women really appreciate that and think it's hot and that will draw her to you physically. But I think men are afraid, like he's afraid of being friend zoned. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what's going on. We've seen that happen occasionally but i do see too a lot of people are questioning like what is going on this season like none of these couples seem to be in it for the long run 
Yeah, it, it's it's interesting though. It's very interesting. But I'm thinking, I so so there's this ongoing conversation in all of these groups about like what are the experts doing wrong? Are they not getting to know these people well enough? Are they? I don't know. Whatever. And maybe there's a complicated question answer for this. But I feel like, and tell me if you agree that you know, coming back to what you said very early on in our podcast, these are all very good looking, successful people. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're the type of people who can't get people to marry them. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, do you really want to be on here? Cause you can't find somebody to marry you. Or do you want to be on here to have a little reality TV fame? I think that's part of it, honestly. Yeah. Because I mean, for Mirla, I feel like she could get a guy instantly. Instantly. She's very independent and that turns off certain men, insecure men. It does. So I it see does. that her being like, well, I'm going to skip all the BS and I'm just going to get married. I could see mm-hmm. her doing that. But for the guys like Jose, I feel like he wants to be like, he's showing off. That's, he's showboating yeah. the entire time. Yep. Like, I'm so successful. You want to know my credit score? You want to know, yep. you know that? Look <laughs> at my house. I know you, you want to live here. It's like, dude, come down. And I even feel that way about Gil. Like, I don't, I feel like Gil is a little smarter in how he goes about it. Mm -hmm. But Gil could clearly be a talk show host. We've said this. Like, he clearly could be something. And I think that this is his chance. Because even his friends, remember, in his intro package, were like, why is this dude doing this? Exactly. Like, he has no problem getting women. So it's kind of weird. Like, I feel like maybe they should start skewing older. You know, mm-hmm. people maybe in their 40s who are kind of like, I just haven't been able to find the right one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. What are your yeah. thoughts? You know, maybe if they get like a divorcee or something, then they could say, this is what went wrong in my previous marriage. This is what I'm looking for now. And maybe they could find something. Because if once you're a little older, you start, because I'm in my 30s, but it's like, when I was in my 20s, what I wanted in my 20s is so different from what I yes. need now. Yes. Because I know myself so much better. And so you've been divorced, you, right? Exactly. So and I've I been divorced, so we know. what I'm looking for. So yep. it's like, I, I'm imagining that by your 40s, you know even more what you're willing to put up with and not. Yeah, I am 40. I'll be 44. This you month. do not look 44. Girl, Thank you look you. like you're my age. <laughs> um. Which which is what twenty three? Yeah, <laughs> my sister turned twenty five yesterday, so I can't oh, say that. Okay, I am thirty six years old. Nice. <laughs> okay, that is not old. So I'll be forty four, and I could tell you right now, like my first marriage, I got married when I was twenty four, so that was twenty years ago. No, I was twenty three. I don't know. I was around there. Vastly different person I would pick today mm-hmm. versus who I picked at twenty four. So I do think, like, I don't know, because then you also get the problem that you get when you skew older is I also am much less likely to compromise at this age. Yeah, yeah. You know, you get like a mirrorless situation where you're like, nope, I'm set in my ways. And this is so you're not like, you know, when I I met my current husband at just the right time, like we married when we were almost 30. And I felt like we were at that stage where we knew ourselves but we were amenable to change. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but I feel like you need contestants, contestants, listen to me, (laughs) people who are a little more desperate, like a little more, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe just get uglier people. (sighs) 
That's the people bumping ugly. It's great. Now let's watch that. No, that's Amy. Amy's version of Married at First Sight. Ugly and old. Ugly and old. And afraid. (laughs) All right, guys. So thanks for listening. And we'll be back next week with episode eight. So Leslie, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you? You can find me on the social media at Sinister Girls. It's another podcast I have. I interview musicians and we do like a great little talk about music, their careers, and sometimes they perform. It's pretty fun. So you can find me there and I post. I haven't been posting as much as I used to because I don't go to shows anymore because oh, COVID. COVID. So, yeah. <laughs> but because before I was going to shows like every day, practically every day, but now. Yeah. You know, it's a lot to be planned. But I do post about my episodes and it, I have a lot of great guests. So it's, it's a lot of fun. So and I'll, I'll put that link in the show notes. And um, you can find me at um, GenXThisIsWhy.com. It's a Gen X podcast that I host with my sister where we watch Little House on the Prairie. Yep. <laughs> so if Little House on the Prairie is your thing, come over and visit us. Um And you could also follow me on the socials at Amy Archer, but we'll put all that in the show notes. And also follow our Instagram for this show. We are really trying to build it. We have 12 followers. Woohoo! Woo! Which, you know, is more than I expected at this point. Um, I'm just not a good Instagrammer. I try. I'm trying to make memes, but sometimes these people are not memeable because they're just so dry. Yep, 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 yep. So look for us on social, on Instagram and Facebook at Six Degrees of Reality TV. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.